0: Yes, you are in the right place. This is Tyler Chef, and I am the host of the Cashflow Guys podcast. And this week, we're starting without that fancy intro. You're probably thinking to yourself, "What's going on? Is everything okay? Did somebody steal his jukebox or his his boombox from the '80s, and he can't put his little special sauce on the front of the episode?" And I thought to myself, "Well, does it matter? In other words, does it change the content? Does it make what I'm doing any better? Does it change the message? Will it resonate different with anybody who's listening?" And I'm willing to bet. Nobody really gives a damn. The reason why they're listening to the show is not for the guy that talks in the beginning. It's for the guy that talks in the middle and the end. So I'm just gonna go ahead and jump into it, shall we? So first of all, guys, this week I want to kick off. It's 2021. The new year's here, and the thing I promised you at the end of 2020 is that I would announce the winners of the PropStream contest. That is, the two people I'm about to announce qualify or win a a one year absolutely free subscription to PropStream data software. Now I tell you. I was blown away with everybody that submitted. All kinds of different things come in, but these two guys, they just blew me away. So much so, the effort they put in to telling us how they would use PropStream and how they would benefit the community, as I asked, was mind-blowing. One guy actually did a drawing of himself sitting at a desk listening to the Cashflow Guys podcast, and I'm sure he knows who he is. So before I go any further, let me start with congratulations, John Villanueva, John Villanueva, outstanding job on your submission. And the second person, Josiah Ronco, Josiah Ronco. So guys, Josiah, John, outstanding, great job. I was blown away. The team looked at the emails as they came in. That's why I had you send them to info at cashflow guys, because the info at cashflow guys email also goes to my team. And we were just taken aback by the level of quality and thought that you guys put into your work. So guys, two thumbs up. Well done. Enjoy an absolute year of PropStream at no cost to you. So normally, for those of you who don't know, PropStream is software that we use to f- pull data, to get leads and seller leads, motivated sellers, to find cash buyers if you need them, the whole nine yards, to find potential investors for our leads and everything. And PropStream was kind enough to reach out to me and they said, hey guys, for this year, for Christmas, go ahead and for the holidays, I should say, offer two of your people uh, a free year, a free one year. So for, it's normally $97 a month. Uh, these guys are gonna get it absolutely free. The only thing they are gonna have to pay for is their actual marketing pieces. And if they want some of the upgrades like List Automator and things like that, that I'm sure those those things won't be free. But hey, it's a 100 bucks a month. You don't have to spend. It gets you going. And the reason why I chose them is I could tell that they're going to use the software. I wanted to make sure that whoever got the value of this, I didn't give it to them because I felt they couldn't afford it or for any other reason, but that they would use it and they would really bring forth the value and do some good in the community and get some deals done and clean up some properties that need it and really go out there and set the world on fire because I think, frankly, 2021 is going to be an amazing year. And that brings me to the up ep- of this week's episode. I want to talk about who should we be talking to? Who are we marketing to? Been talking a lot lately about marketing, direct mail, uh, email marketing. There's all kinds of different ways we do marketing. Hey, this podcast in itself is a means of marketing. How does that work, you probably ask. Well, there's probably some of you thinking, yeah, because Tyler keeps hawking that $49 course. He's trying to get rich $49 at a time. And although I'd hate to disappoint you, um, the marketing that I get out of the podcast is there from time to time people call me and say, you know, Tyler, listen to your show for a while. And you know, I'm that seller you talk to talk about sometimes. I'm the guy that bought the place paid too much. I'm in trouble. What do I do? And sometimes that solution when I have that problem in front of me is I buy the property. Other times I refer it to somebody I know who buys property in their area. Sometimes they wind up buying out the mortgage and they become a note investor on the property. Sometimes I'll introduce one of my investors to this person and we'll bridge a deal to where they can become a lender on the deal. Maybe that means satisfying the existing mortgage. Maybe that means doing some lending for improvements or things like that. The bottom line is, is that I'm constantly putting stuff out to the world so that I can attract opportunity. And that's what we're all about. So that said, when we're talking about direct mail, When we're looking for a list or a database, well, I see a lot of people kind of hitting the same thing. They're really not focused. They really don't have a plan as to how they're going to go about their leads. So I want to talk about that this week. I want to talk about the different types of criterion and things that you should be looking at and some things that maybe are less important because everybody else is marketing to the same thing. The last thing you want is to be one of 50 postcards. Here's what I mean by that. They're going in the trash can, I should say. I learned from a legendary copywriter. He's dead now, but he teaches a lesson. It was in a video I saw and I read it in one of his books also, and it's called the A and B pile. And basically what that means is that generally when people sort their mail, there is at least used to when they they got a lot of mail, they would stand over the waste paper basket, the trash can, and they would sort their pile over the trash can. And they would usually be doing that next to a table. And the, the table is where the A pile, A pile is the things that they must open or think they should open or want to open. The B pile, well, that's the circular file and that's the trash can. And if you think about it, when you go next time you open your mailbox, let's say you get four or five things in there, you're probably going to break them up as to the ones that go directly in the trash. Heck, my B pile, I don't even leave the curb because we have the trash cans out at the curb. So I'll stand there and I'll take the mail out of the mailbox and I will put it on one of the trash cans and raise the lid of another trash can. And that's how I sort the mail. I don't even go in the house with it. I literally throw it directly in the trash. So here's some of the things that I throw in the trash. We buy houses. I buy houses now. We buy houses in seven days. I'll buy your house in 15 minutes. I'm looking to buy two more houses this year and I'm this could be your lucky day. I'm going to buy four more houses this week. I'm a gazillionaire. Please sell me your house. All that stuff goes in the garbage. I get a little giggle then I have a moment of silence for the money they lost in pissing away by sending out completely useless marketing messages to un- unmotivated sellers like myself because here's what I'm not on. I don't appear on any lists that would motivate someone to send me a piece of mail when they're trying to buy a property at a premium price or a premium redu- reduction in price. You see, I'm not behind on my property taxes. I don't have low credit. I hate that expression, by the way. It's not low credit, guys. It's bad credit or terrible credit or whatever. But low, that doesn't make sense. I don't have low credit. I have over an 800 credit score. I pay my bills on time. I got money in the bank. So I don't fit the parameters of the desperation mail recipients. Yet one of my properties gets it all the time. And guess what? I don't buy properties in the hood anymore learn that lesson. This property is certainly not in the hood. It's in a great neighborhood, but I get all kinds of that We Buy Houses crap in that mailbox. I also get well-written letters that come in plain paper envelopes with no fancy schmutz written on the outside of them, no pictures of horses or anything other garbage. They don't look like it. They don't pretend to be a handwritten letter. They actually take the time to just simply type out a letter and they sign it in ink. Those I open because it looks like it came from somebody who really Intended to write the letter, and shockingly enough, you'd be surprised how many times that's actually the case. Here's the problem though the ones that I do open, and I'm a curious cuss, right? I pick up the phone and I call these people. Here's where they all fall apart they don't answer the phone, so I leave a message and they don't call me back. They never call me back. If they have a website with a contact me form, I'll send them a contact me saying, Got your postcard? I'd love to sell. Give me a call, email me, send me a carrier pigeon, something, but nobody ever does. So think about that. Are you the person that's going to send up the postcards, pat yourself on the back, that you set on all those postcards, and then ignore the phone calls that come in? Not respond to people when they write you a letter back saying, I'm interested, or leave you a voicemail. If your phone's ringing, guys, that means people are responding to your messaging or to your marketing. And that means that it's the phone. I don't care if the last five phone calls you got was some cranky old person saying, how'd you get my information? That's just part of the deal. If you're uncomfortable with that, Maybe hire an answering service to, to handle your calls for you. Give them a script to go off of. Give them something. At least somebody can say hello. Let them take the heat, right? All kinds of different ways you can solve that problem. It's not rocket science, but it all begins with. And the most, the biggest way you can reduce the likelihood of the people wasting, you know, calling you, yelling at you because you sent them some kind sort of marketing piece is to only market to people that are motivated and qualified to sell to you. So what does that mean? Well, in PropStream, when you do searches, You get to select who you send letters to, okay? One of the criteria is owner-occupied. You can choose owner-occupied, yes, owner-occupied, no, or it doesn't matter, and that will give you both. So you can choose absolutely only people that live in their house right now. That's who I want to talk to, or only people that own a house that do not live in that house, or I don't care, so exclude that criteria. Occupancy status, that's different than owner-occupied. Occupancy status means that somebody, whether it be them or a tenant, actually lives in the property, okay? lives in the property. Very important because here's the thing. Somebody that has a vacant house, out of sight, out of mind, high likelihood of damage. Most insurance policies, here's a golden nugget for you. Most homeowners insurance policies do not cover vacant property. And by vacant, I don't mean there's no building there. I mean, there's a house there, but nobody lives in it. Many policies have an exclusion written into the policy that says if the property is vacant and it's damaged, vandalized, suffered some sort of catastrophe, there is no coverage or there is diminished coverage. If you own rental property, you should probably look read your read your, your uh, insurance policy and see if that exclusions in there. I bet it is because the majority of homeowners policies have that provision written in. Why is that? Well, because frankly properties that are vacant can are more likely statistically to suffer damage. What do I mean by that? Well, think about a pipe bursting. Well, if a pipe bursts and you're sitting living and watching the, the game, you know it, and you're going to probably go out and shut the water off. I don't even care if you're Joe Plumber, but you're going to at least do your best to mitigate the damage because you're there. Even your tenant, the biggest dirtbag in the world that never pays the rent on time, probably doesn't want his rent center couch getting wet. So he'll go turn the water off. To the insurance company, that's a two-thumbs-up move right there, okay? So that's part of the thing. I don't want to get off on a tangent on that. But marketing to vacant properties, I found, can be quite worthwhile. Because when you explain to people, which you can do in your marketing, your letters, whatever, that it's a high likelihood that they don't have insurance coverage if the property's vacant, it might shock them into at least calling you saying, what do you mean? Or calling their insurance company, but they may start thinking about the forgotten house. You know, the one that's costing you money to sit there because they're at least paying property tax every year, which frankly is a great marketing message, by the way. Tired of paying property tax on a vacant house? What if I could turn that house into a six-figure payday? Question mark. All kinds of ways you could reach people with vacant houses occupied houses same thing a lot of investors don't like to market to for whatever reason to owner-occupied houses because maybe the owner-occupied person doesn't want to move is what they think or it, it's more of a challenge well, what does that mean that means that they're getting far less marketing mail but somebody that lives in their house may want to sell it because they're tired of living there or because it needs beyond it just needs too much in repairs maybe they're going to maybe it's an old person that's getting ready to go to a retirement community aka nursing home and the when the mail comes in it says you can and they're wondering how they're going to pay for the nursing home, well, if they get your mail piece because you whack the button that says owner occupied, yes, those people might be more inclined. Now, I get that statistically that may not be the case, but every statistics don't, and theory, doesn't apply to every single situation. Maybe you can step outside the fold and be a little bit different. Let's talk about property characteristics, the different classifications. Now, in PropStream, you can choose from residential, commercial, office, industrial, agriculture, recreation, transportation, exempt, vacant land, you can pull nothing but vacant lots if you want to. If you're a land investor, this is a huge tool for you. Property type: single family, condo, townhome, multi-family two to four, multi-family five plus. This is all in PropStream, guys. I can break down my search by only two to four unit properties. If I'm a small multi-family, small multi-family apartment investor, I'll whack that box. I like two to four unit properties. Two to four units. I also like five to ten in that in that area. Now, I don't want to go into big tangent about that either. Why do I like those? Well, because a lot of people. Feel that multifamily is too hard, too difficult, too much of a challenge. So the, the single-family home investor shies away from it. And the the big boys, the Robert Kiyosakis and the Ken McElroys of the world, that's not big enough for them. It's not sexy enough. It doesn't look good on YouTube, whatever reason. They don't focus on them. So I like to play in that space. That way, I don't have as much competition. Now they even go so far as to break down all the different agricultural di- uh, things. If you want, here's the thing: they say there's a saying that that goes from a long time ago and it talks about the riches are in the niches. So guys. When you're going and you're getting ready to do some marketing, make sure you're spending time marketing to a niche audience. Don't send postcards to everybody in a neighborhood. That's a waste of your time. And more importantly, it's a waste of your money. You don't want everybody in the neighborhood to get your mail because you'll go broke doing it, which means you won't be able to send out mail to the motivated people. Instead, when you're going through a listserv, whether it be PropStream or somewhere else, look at the different data points that you can choose from and try to narrow it down as much as you want or as much as you can to get a very specific audience, okay? I wouldn't go so far as to market to, you know, two bedrooms versus three bedrooms. I think that's probably going a little too far. But think of the reasons that people would want to sell their house and think about maybe marketing to those people that fit that that whole, that, that box, so to say. For example, with PropStream, you can exclude anybody who is currently listed on the market, on the MLS. Well, wouldn't that be awesome? Now you don't have to talk to realtors anymore. You can avoid realtors. That's great. You can check the box no and you will not nobody will show up on a list who's active actively listed in the MLS. That's fantastic or maybe you only want to market to people who are on the MLS. I don't know why you do that, but whatever. Maybe you do. You can market to people based on their pre-foreclosure status. Are they in pre-foreclosure? Is it a bank-owned property? Maybe if you're a note investor, you want to find a list of bank-owned properties in a given area. And then you can use ProPStream to pull up that list and find out what status it's in. Is it bank owned? Is it just a notice of default posted? Is it auction status? What's the situation? You can get very specific here. Now, the good news is is that if you're too specific, you can simply look at the number of leads that it provides you. Let's say you run a search and your budget is you want to send out 500 pieces a month and you do your search and you wind up with five people. Okay, so loosen your search up a little bit. Take one of those criteria and open it up a little wider. Maybe if you're going to owner-occupied yes, maybe you'd select owner-occupied any. Guys, the bottom line here, and what I want you to take away from this week's episode, number one is only focus on marketing to people that are most likely to be motivated. Spending money and time and effort to market to somebody who's not motivated is an absolute colossal waste of your time and money. So think about, and this is just logic, guys. There's no secret to this. Think about the people that that are selling their house or have sold their house and the reasons that you've learned over the years studying how to be a real estate investor that people would want to sell their house at a discount, okay? And one of the ones, I'll give you great categories. One of them is liens. You can go in stream and search for just mechanics liens or child support liens. Hell, you can market to deadbeat dads if you want to. Maybe solar liens. You can market to, to stupid people that think they're gonna, that buying solar from some solar company makes sense and they didn't pay their bill because they got suckered into it. There's all HOA liens, tax liens, all kinds of good stuff. You can segment and market to these people. These people have a compelling reason to sell. And by the way, guys, I'll tell you a little secret. Marketing to lean people with liens is a great way to get stuff done because most liens are negotiable. People don't know this. The only liens that really you really can't negotiate away, uh, in my opinion is, uh, IRS liens and child support, but most everything else, tax liens, HOA liens, code enforcement, mechanics liens, solar liens, all these different things that can show up on a property that you can market to. You can call the company that has the solar lien and say, Hey, I'm getting ready to buy this house. And for when I buy this house, they're going to satisfy the lien. But here's the news. You got a $30,000 lien against this house. I'm not buying the house with a $30,000 lien, but I'll give you 15000 and you wipe the lien clean, wipe it off the title. The solar company might tell you to pack sand, but they also may say, hell, bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. So I'd much rather take 15 grand and wipe the other, forgive the other 15000 wouldn't that be great? But here's the little caveat. You negotiate with the seller to buy the property based on there being a $30,000 lien in place. So you deduct that $30,000, the seller gives you credit for paying off that $30,000 lien. And right before closing, you call the solar company and negotiate that bad boy down by 50%. Boom, what that is, is an instant $15,000 in equity. You're welcome for that one, by the way. And there's all kinds of different ways you can do these. And I'm going to start talking about more of the different ways and the ways that you can find motivated people, what type of things they're they're, they're involved in. And how you can leverage those to structure great deals, guys. As I said in this beginning, I didn't do an intro, and I'm not doing an outro of this episode. I'm curious your feedback. I'd like to hear from you. If you're just completely of- offended and you want to protest in the streets that you didn't hear the boom chicka boom boom and the record scratch and all that stuff, then drop me an email and tell me such. And I'll turn my mic consider turning back on, or I might make fun of you in a reply email. Or maybe I'll even send a video pointing and laughing at you. And if the outro thing, if that's find that sexy or that maybe tells you when you should wake up again from your nap, I don't know what it is, send me an email, let me know. But if you're okay with getting the content this way, I can probably put out a lot better content with a lot less pre-planning and uh, and just better sticking for you if I can pick it up and talk without having to put a whole lot of prep into which computer do I have to plug in and this, that, and the other. And I can just roll with the content. I can give you guys so much better value for your time and listening to me. Guys, have a great week and I'll catch up with you next time.